Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we started recording episodes virtually instead of being in the same room together. This created technical issues for us for many weeks. Our sound issues get better beginning with the pros and cons episode. In the meantime, we appreciate your patience with the sound issues that are present in this episode. Dialectical Behavior Therapy was created in the 1980s by Marsha Linehan in Seattle, Washington. Today, DBT is taught all over the world. We're two therapists who believe everyone can benefit from DBT skills. I'm Kate. I'm Michelle. And this is DBT and Me. Hello, guys. Thanks Hello. for being here. Hopefully you can hear Kate all right. <laughs> Ever the hope. Ever the hope. Yeah, exactly. Person, I have a tendency to be too loud because I'm just louder than Michelle. And now with the whole digital thing, I am a variable volume apparently yeah unpredictably unpredictably better works Yay. getting through it Alrighty. so um believe it or not we are getting pretty close to the end of the emotion regulation skills we're gonna really be talking about the last skill in the emotion regulation module today um, so yeah, with the skill of problem solving, it's a nice wrapping up sort of skill, I would say, because it can be applied to so many things. I mean, DBT put this skill in the emotion regulation module, and yet, I don't know what your thoughts are, Kate, but I feel like it's like something for anything. <laughs> it's so broad how you can I use this skill. Ever, something for everything. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's in the name, right? Problem solving. They want it to be specifically about problem solving, like emotion regulation issues or things that are causing you difficult emotions. But I mean, fuck, it's, it's a process, I think, that is yeah. useful for almost, I think we can't quite say literally, but almost any kind of problem. Yeah, it's widely applicable, I guess could be one way to put it. Um, and so, in terms of using this for as broad and as vague as I just was for how often you can use this, really there are some situations where we would really recommend using this skill. And the main situations, even though these are still pretty broad categories, but would be for situations in your life where you're just feeling kind of stuck. Um, and DBT also specifies that it's important to do this skill for a situation that can be changed. So, Mm-hmm. It's important to, for example, this is just the first idea that comes to my head, to not use this skill like, <clears throat> I don't know, if you had someone you were close to die recently. We're both so morbid. I went to It's really too. morbid. It's the same thing I thought. Like, you can't problem solve someone having died. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, that happened. We can't undo it. So there are some situations in our lives that are kind you know, they're over and they're done with. <laughs> and... 
we can't do much to change them. And then there are other situations in our lives where we may feel really stuck, but there is maybe something we could do about it. Like maybe you hate your job. Okay, what can be done about that? You're not forced to stay at this job forever hopefully. What can you do? <laughs> um, so situations like that, relationship issues, I think could be another good situation where this could be well, used. remembering that it's on you. You can't change other people. You yes. can't problem solve other humans. Yes. You can only Alive solve... Or dead. <laughs> yes. You can only work on yourself and problem solve your own stuff. Um, but it's really for situations that are... The reason, again, why we think DBT put it in the emotion regulation module, even though we can see its applicability to lots of situations, is because it's really to be used when there's a situation in your life that's leading you to feel perhaps a big emotion, a distressing emotion, an overwhelming emotion. You're maybe feeling something really strongly about this situation. And hey, if you work through and can problem solve the situation, then in turn, the emotion that you're feeling about it may naturally dissipate is the idea subside. here subside yeah if there's a situation in your life that's causing you a lot of stress what can we do about that thing that's causing you a lot of stress in order to then reduce the stress that's yeah. the general gist of it so it walks through seven steps and the way we're going to do this today is kate and i are just gonna alternate, alternate. yep kate's gonna start with the first one and then we're just gonna go back and forth until we've worked through all seven of them um, so I guess I'm starting. Yeah. Okay. I was making sure you were done with your. I'm done with my introductory yeah. spiel. Okay. Uh, so this may sound self-explanatory, but stick with me. Problem one is figure out and describe the problem situation. Um, it sounds, I don't know, almost like a tautology, but bear with me. Sometimes when we apply our oh no, our braining, <laughs> to a problem a little bit more directly, we realize that the first thing we identified as the problem may not be. Um, so I do think that as maybe obvious as this may appear when you first want to start the pr process of problem solving, give it a few minutes, right? Give it some time and really sort through. Like, ask yourself a few times, like, is that the problem or is there something else causing that, right? Like, work your way down maybe through some layers. Um, oh, I might be skipping ahead to your thing a little bit accidentally. So, uh, shutting up now and just saying, <laughs> figure out and describe the problem situation, right? With, like with uh, anything else in emotion regulation, normally they're talking about emotions, but you know, you can't tackle anything if you can't name it, right? So step one is, what is it? Name it, describe it, um, and then move into the stuff I was saying. Was really <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's important too with that first step to get really specific so for example yeah. if it's like i hate my job okay is it really that you hate your job or is it that like the hours don't work for you is it working you with your boss, your boss? yep <laughs> is it you know what is it about your job that isn't working for you <laughs> yeah i know right jinx um because it may be one piece it may be a couple different pieces but just making a blanket statement of like well the problem is my job 
let's dig a little bit mm-hmm. deeper. Yeah, you know? I hate my life, but actually I like my spouse and I like my job. It's just this thing that I hate, right? So yeah. I think that's a good point, Michelle. Specificity matters. Yes, I think it's important to be really specific there to make sure that you are trying to figure out the correct problem. And not lumping a bunch of stuff into it. Yep, exactly. (laughs) So step two, surprise, it's come up a few weeks in a row now. Check the facts, everybody. That is step two. Check the facts to be sure you have the right problem situation. And it says if your facts are not correct, go back and repeat step one. Again, to make sure you really have narrowed down the specific problem. If they are, you get to move on to step three, which Kate's going to talk about in a moment. But... Again, I think it's important here to tease out when we're doing check the facts for the purposes of problem solving. Okay, is there these external circumstances that are creating an issue for me? Or am I having an emotional response that is maybe, (laughs) I'm trying to think of how to put it like nicely. What did you say? exacerbated yeah that's a good way to put it like an emotional response that's making maybe the situation worse or more challenging for me in some way maybe i do maybe i don't um but checking that out for yourself of how do my emotions play into this situation um and being able to yeah again see maybe there are some issues with this external situation maybe there's some stuff within us that again it's it's part of it and to really tease that out and check the facts can help us do that in a way um because again let's say you know you hate your job um but maybe you're showing up five to ten minutes late every day and then people are getting kind of frustrated with you, which makes the work environment worse. Well, is there, again, how much of that is you? How much of that is the job? Like, I think checks the facts can help us determine that. So, I also think, like you were talking about with being specific, I think another thing that comes up with you with step two is being honest. Yeah. I guess that's, I think that, like, that ties into sort of what you're saying. It's yes. It's like, be honest with yourself. You don't have to share this process with anybody else yep. if you don't want to. But get, get real honest with yourself, right? About what role you are or are not playing, your emotions may be playing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really like that you put it that way because, yeah, <laughs> step one, be specific. Step two, be honest. <laughs> it's really at the heart of those steps so far with what we're doing here with problem solving. So, yeah. Um, oh, I like this. Maybe we can find little summaries for each one because the next one is identify your goal in solving the problem. And the two little, like, sub-steps that um, DBT lists is identify what needs to happen or change for you to feel okay and keep it simple and choose something that can actually happen so i don't know step one is be specific step two is be honest i feel like step three is be realistic yeah (laughs) definitely (laughs) right because i don't know uh maybe this says more about me than anything else but i don't know uh i feel like there's a huge number of problems in my life where i could be like win the lottery there we go done fixed solved problem you know abolished (laughs) And yet, I cannot base anything on winning the lottery, right? I mean, I guess that's something that can technically happen. Maybe it's something like, I hate my relationship. I would like to be whisked out of it by a human in shining armor on a Pegasus unicorn. Right? That, nope. Sorry. Not. Not so much the happening. So, 
so what needs to happen, I like how they phrase it, like what needs to happen or change for you to feel okay, mm-hmm. because that's really what we're trying to solve in the end, right? It. This is, I think this keeps coming up too in the last few weeks. This is about, this is self-centered, right? This isn't how you can solve the problem so that other people are okay, okay with it. This isn't how you solve the problem so that it's, I don't even know what this would mean, but objectively fixed. Um, this is about what do you need to feel okay? Maybe you're not overjoyed at the end of the problem solving. Maybe you're not, I don't know, maybe it doesn't feel like the best of all possible situations, but you've gone from not okay, at least to okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's another thing about being realistic. I don't know, like people are like, I just want to be happy in life. No one's happy all the time, right? So, so I think there's also an amount of just setting realistic goals. You may never, whatever, depending on what the problem is, you may never be able to get to perfect. Um, so setting a bar at okay um, and having that rely on something that can actually happen, I think is sort of what step three is all about. So yeah, what is your goal for this situation? Be do you yep. other thoughts on that, Michelle? No, I also like what GBT says here about identify what needs to happen or change for you to feel okay. Because, again, I think with this process, yes, we can point fingers to outside things. Of like, well, I would be okay if my boss just quit. But exactly like you said, Kate, <laughs> we can't we can't change those things. You know, we can't control that. And so it really is about like, okay, what what is maybe my goal and how I want to feel? Um, and yeah, what is a realistic goal that's within my control to achieve and to get to? I think that's important because it can be an easy thing to slip into. I've certainly done it before where I'm just kind of magical. Yeah. Or not even so much magical. Like maybe I'm not super shooting for the stars, but I'm still pointing my finger at someone or something else. Uh, yeah. Of like so that thing needs to you change. Just or they just or it just. Yeah. Whatever. Yep. My goal is for this thing to fix itself how I think it should be fixed. <laughs> or for this person to change. That's my goal. Like nope. You know, back it back up and see what you can do and emotionally where you want to get to to guide you I would say. And if we think about it too as like if step three is, you know, identify your goal as like this end destination sort of an idea. Step uh-huh. four that I'm about to talk about is the path to get there. The path to get to the end goal. Um which is to brainstorm lots of solutions. That's what step four says. So a little bit of a note here I guess about brainstorming that dbt doesn't really talk about but kate and i mentioned when we teach this skill this is a crucial part in this problem solving process where it's step four this is the halfway point brainstorming is really important here and with brainstorming there is no such thing as a dumb idea what do you say i'm creative i'm not i'm like stuck on trying to find these like short Oh, snippets to summarize each step. Yeah, be specific, be honest, be realistic, be creative. Yeah, there you go. I think it works. Be creative. Because the thing about brainstorming, there are no stupid ideas. None. They, no idea is stupid when you're brainstorming. And also the thing about brainstorming is like you just need to start. So there's this thing out there about writing that I think is pretty widespread now maybe people have heard it before but if you want to write 
you have to write <laughs> which is basically like sometimes people are like well I can't start writing you know the book I want to do or whatever it is until it's good or until I have an idea or until I know where I'm going or whatever the excuse may be and basically what I hear a lot of times when people write is they write regularly like at least 10 minutes a day writing something to just keep that muscle working and that also you just have to start so if that means writing out god I have no idea what to write right now you know <laughs> that's where you start and you just have to keep following that and the thing about brainstorming is brainstorming really is switching gears from step three of Kate that Kate was talking about of identifying the goal because when you're brainstorming take the focus off of the final destination take it away from that bring it back to where you are right now and begin <laughs> begin somewhere that's really the idea behind it so step four wants you to brainstorm lots of solutions it says think of as many solutions as you can and you can also ask for suggestions from people you trust here's what i catch myself doing sometimes when i do that it's if i'm facing a problem and if i go to someone else and i'm talking about the problem and if they try to give me guidance or advice or suggestions or anything like that i can be quite quick to say no 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 <laughs> and that's the opposite of brainstorming I'm not even considering it. And for me, I'm aware of part of what gets in the way of that is perfectionistic tendencies. If you're a perfectionist, brainstorming may come really hard to you um, because of course, perfectionism is all about getting it right. And brainstorming is about being really messy, honestly, <laughs> and coming up with a bunch of stuff that you can then filter through. So that's one thing that it says. So if you're going to do that, of asking for suggestions from people you trust, be prepared to consider all options. Let go of that initial gut reaction of, oh, that's a bad idea, and throw it into the mix anyways <laughs> of considering what you could do. And DBT also says, which I've mentioned a little bit in talking about this step four, of do not be critical of any ideas at first because we want to put everything out on the table so if let's say you are dissatisfied with your job and if maybe you've identified your end goal as i want to get a new job but you have no idea what you want to do <laughs> for what your next job could be that would be a great opportunity to do some brainstorming and really throwing out as many different job career ideas that spark your interest as possible get a big list going um that's the other thing with brainstorming ways to like steps to take i feel like that can also belong in brainstorming mm -hmm. like i want to get a new job well what are some like solutions and also maybe steps like figuring brainstorming new jobs also like oh and i maybe need to update my resume or i need mm -hmm. to get some training or whatever now things yeah, totally. Which kind of makes me think back to when we did ABC. Because I think we talked about that with the values and priorities list. Um, and that can be something that can be really helpful, honestly, to return to with brainstorming. Of thinking, too, of like, what what's really important to me? Um, what do I really value? And how do I get there? Um, and again, throwing out lots of different ideas. Because... 
really all of us have our own unique path in life and even if you know if Kate and I are let's say each trying to end up at the same goal for ourselves we may have two completely different paths to get there because she may brainstorm different ideas than I would brainstorm and it's really about just being open to any and all ways of getting to that end goal is what I'll say about step four so yeah uh, so then, now we're on to step five, and Michelle, I, like, went ahead, and now I have, like, my little things for each one, and oh, Michelle is giving perfect. me of, like, oh my god, why are we doing this? I don't know, thanks. I'm excited! So, so the next one, I think, so we went from be creative, I think this one is be critical. Because mm. this is when, like, criticism comes back into the picture, right? Michelle was doing a great job, I think, of talking about how in brainstorming we want to be as uncritical as possible, right? Um... We, you know, no stupid ideas, everything gets to be considered, but step five is when we start, I don't know, sifting through, right? Um, I don't know, I am actually literally physically incapable of that one. It can go away. Um, that one's illegal. It can go away. <laughs> I don't know, I'm making shit up, but <laughs> we get to, this is when we get to be critical, but also, I would say be critical, but open still. Right, um, because if we, especially if we've been stuck for a long time, I don't know if you do this, Michelle, but I think, I don't know, I want to like justify my own stuckness, and so I might discard things that could actually work because I don't want to think that I've been stuck all this time when I could have done this thing that would have fixed. Right, like, so I can be like, well, that can't work because if it worked, I'm dumb or something. Right, not that I would be, but that's like the thought process. So, be critical to a point, I guess, right? Um, so, look through, do pros and cons to compare different solutions. Um, you know, if there's more than one, you can always have a couple that you might want to try and just pick one to go first, either because pros and cons make it look better or you flip the damn point. Um, but, uh, or maybe this is another place you ask trusted people, hey, I've got to come down to these two solutions. Do you have an idea which one sounds better? There's all sorts of ways you can kind of finalize this choosing process, but that's that's sort of the idea. Step five is choose a solution, and I guess the two main criteria, and I mentioned it here, is a solution that fits the goal, right? So if this you've gotten to a solution that has an end state that just definitely isn't the thing you identified in step three, then that's a problem. It needs to be tossed out or rewritten differently, and also that's likely to work, right? And that's that's the other place where being critical comes in here. Um, I don't know, I hate my boss. Uh, walk in and slap her across the face and tell her it's, she's terrible. That's that's not likely to work unless your end goal was get fired. Uh, so, <laughs> so what's your goal? Does it fit the goal? And is it likely to achieve it? So I think step five is really where criticism, being critical, comes in. What, any other thoughts you have there, Michelle? No, I think you went over it pretty well. Um, in the problem-solving worksheet that we'll post for you guys, um, it fleshes all of this out um, in more detail. And for the pros and cons thing, it wants you to basically yeah, choose two solutions and think about the pros and the cons of each one. Yep. Um, is what it encourages you to do in the DBT and worksheet. And for you to write it down. In yeah, yep, yeah, totally. And maybe this is a silly thing, but for those of you who have maybe done DBT before and you hear pros and cons, um, in the Distress Tolerance module, DBT has its own way of doing pros and cons that is a little more advanced than the typical just pros and cons that people think of. But for yeah, these purposes of pros and cons, just keep it simple. 
Um, you don't have to do it in the complex DBT way, actually. That's not how they spell it out on this worksheet. <laughs> um, so just think through, okay, what are, yeah, the good parts of that, the maybe the bad parts of that, though those terms are very simplistic. Um, but yeah, what could work, what could hinder me, you know, that kind of a thing. So, yeah. Step number six is to then put the solution into action. So this is why it's important to do the sifting through of step five to pick a solution that is likely to work because you want to actually be able to do it. Yeah, so be active. That's my one for that one. Be active. That's what you said. Yes. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> do the thing. Yeah. And it's important to be aware that the solution that you may pick may not be an easy solution and that's okay you know getting a new job is not necessarily easy to go with the example we've kind of been talking about um but maybe you decide i don't know the first big thing that comes to mind for me is maybe you've decided to write a book whoa i don't know for like some <laughs> random thing that you wanted to do um <laughs> this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna write a book okay um maybe that's what you settle on or something now there's a ton of steps to get through to do that and this is where in step number six it's important if you have any fears about like can i actually do that thing that thing's really big to put into effect some of the opposite action stuff that we discussed before and to start to take a take small step. step yep it's just you know just start somewhere to get the ball rolling um and yeah dbt says take the first step and then the second and <laughs> so it can be important to sometimes just really narrow it down and focus on what's right in front of you um to think of a personal example and kate you can probably relate because we both left our jobs in community mental health to forge out on our own into private practice which means starting our own business from the ground up yep and there are a ton of steps to do that so and many so many things and it was one of those things that you know I had to for myself anyways really keep my sights set on the end goal and to also while keeping my sights set on the end goal to be able to focus in on what was right in front of me at the same time because sometimes I would just get really scared <laughs> about how big of a goal it was and then I would want to you know stop and not actually take the steps and for me how i've made it work for myself was each week i decided to take one step i made a list of all the steps that i needed to take and each week i was going to take one step and it took me probably about five months before i was actually ready to open my doors um to my own business but yeah i just had to keep You're so much more organized than i am <laughs> well, thank you um but yeah it is it's just about like okay i just got to keep plugging ahead like if it is writing a book okay i've just got to write the next chapter okay now i got to figure out publishing it now i've got to figure out but you know it's important to make sure you are walking before you are running and just plodding along with whatever goal you set for yourself so yeah mm -hmm. i like it 
Um, yeah, I think, what is it? Is there a phrase? That's so silly. But it's like slicing it thinner, slice something where you, where you make a thing smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until you get it down to a thing that you feel like you it's, can start with. In there's, the, a like, there's a term, and I feel like in the psychology realm, it's something approximation? Lord. But I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head. Two therapists right here, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> We've been out of school for a hot minute. That's a thing. Anyway, yeah. know, that's just what it th- makes me think of. Is if you're like, that's too big. All right, let's make, make it smaller. No, oh, that's still too big. That's still too big. That's still too big. What can I do? I can pick up a pen and put it on paper. I don't know to make yep. your novel writing thing. That's it. I have no idea what's going to come out, but I can actually physically write a thing. Yep. Well, and with that idea, yeah, it's about not being hard on yourself when you're maybe not reaching the initial goals that you might set. If you're telling yourself, let's say you haven't exercised in a long time and you've decided you're going to go to the gym. Okay. And maybe initially you set a goal of like, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. And then you realize, oh, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Let me try for three days. Oh, that's too hard too. You know, what... What does it take, you know, and narrowing it down and not getting hard on yourself about that, mm-hmm. but just realizing, oh, I need to make my steps a little smaller. Meet myself where I am. Yes, meet myself where I am. And I talk about this with clients a lot, especially when clients are struggling with depression of like, okay, d- you don't have to get to leaving the house necessarily. Can you go be in another room, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Can you get into jeans instead of pajamas? Can you, you know, we'll just make it as small as we need to make it. And it really takes the shame out of it when we might get hung up on certain steps or we're like not taking the actions that we want to take. And it just means that we've chosen action step that's too big. That's all we did. Yep. Not that we're wrong, not that we're yeah, bad, not that we're failing. Too, right? What was that? bit off more than we can chew yes exactly and okay we just gotta back up and we just gotta narrow it down and just make it smaller until there is something that you go oh okay that i can do that i can make happen and then once you do that then you can work back up until maybe you are going to the gym five days a week good on you you know um but it it may take time to get there and that's okay so i think that's really important about this step six when we say put the solution into action is just to again start somewhere start as small as you need to don't be too hard on yourself in that process because every step matters and to just do whatever needs to be done to take the steps to reach this goal that you're setting for yourself and step seven what did you call it the well, I, I called it be curious. Ooh. Like, wait a second. I think I was thought I had to think hardest about this one because that was weird. So step seven is evaluate the results of using the solution. Basically, like did it work? And mm-hmm. that's and that's what I think. Like so, if it worked, then it's kind of a short one, and maybe the curiosity bit doesn't <laughs> doesn't fit as well because you're like, uh, did it work? Yeah, it did. Cool. Done. Thumbs up, me. Gold star. Cool. Um, but if it didn't. Um, they say just go back to step five and choose a new solution to try. I would add a little bit on here, and this is why I was saying be curious, because I don't think you're going to pick necessarily a better solution in step five if you don't apply curiosity to why the thing you tried didn't work. I was going to say, maybe go back to step one. (laughs) Maybe. 
go all the way back. Maybe that's too far. <laughs> Maybe that's, well, what does your curiosity tell you? Mm-hmm. Right? And, that, and I think that's why I, 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 I think, not I think, I know. That's why I picked Be Curious for this last one. Because if it weren't, then it doesn't really matter. You're just, there's a chance to give yourself a pat on the back and a thumbs up. And woohoo, um, But if it didn't work, this is when to get really curious. And so, I mean, Michelle, you could be right. If you apply curiosity to this, you could come up with, well, it wasn't the fault of the solution. It's that I actually didn't name the right problem. Mm-hmm. You know, and I learned that through applying this thing. I actually fixed the thing, and I don't feel any better, right? Because I didn't actually identify the problem correctly. So there is a possibility that you might, yep, all the way back <laughs> to step one. Or maybe not. Maybe it's a, you know, maybe this was the right solution, but, you know, I didn't actually do the things, right? Like, I, <laughs> I kind of half-assed it, and I could see there was potential there, and maybe if I come back and I try this more wholeheartedly, it actually will work, right? So, I think it's going to be, it says to go back to step five, and maybe that is the right answer, but I would say be really curious here. And really, well, I mean, and then it jumps up with all of it, right? Be honest, too, right? What? Why didn't it work? This is not to be self-judgmental, right? I, I think, I don't know, uh, man, did we talk about this back at the beginning, like the literal beginning? One of the skills training assumptions for DBT is that we're all doing our best, basically, mm-hmm. all the time. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind here. It's not like you went through this whole seven-step process, you know, well, six-step process, and then got to the end, and it didn't work because you sucked, you know? <laughs> you were doing your best right and just our best doesn't always have the results we want so you know if it didn't work this is not an invitation to shit on yourself right this is an invitation to be curious right why didn't it work where was the breaking point what what went differently than i imagined when i was you know doing the pros and cons or imagining this solution being put into action um so yeah that's that's kind of that's why i picked be curious is because i think if it doesn't work Spend some time, right? Do that's a that's another place for some real contemplation. I think and curiosity is why didn't it work? So yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Michelle? Does that seem right to you? Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's something where <laughs> sometimes what happens if there is an area of our lives where we're struggling and we realize something isn't working for us. Yeah, I think sometimes we think, oh, if I do this, then it will help. So, for example, if we take a totally, di- I've been using work, but let's take a totally different thing. Let's say you've been struggling with depression and you decide that, right, your goal is, um, I'm trying to think of how else to put it besides to be less depressed, but maybe to, you know, look forward to waking up in the morning. Or something maybe that's what you want to be able to like look forward to your day have something that you're excited about and maybe you think to yourself oh okay I know how to get there I'm gonna start off with you know eating right and exercising and you know that's what my therapist or my doctor whoever has told me to do and maybe you start doing that and then you realize wait I'm still depressed. <laughs> um, okay. And maybe you realize that what actually would be helpful for you is to get out and socialize more or something like that. And that then that gives you the experience that you were wanting of being less depressed and having something to look forward to because now you have plans with friends or something like that. So again, these are really generic examples. Um, 
But, yeah, I think sometimes we think, ah, this is the path to get to that end goal. And it winds up being a totally different path. <laughs> um, through no fault of ours. Through no fault of ours. Yeah. I think it, there's something to be learned if you get to step seven and it didn't work. And I think yep. you're emphasizing that really nicely. Of like, it doesn't mean you failed. It just means, like, there's more to be curious about here. Um, and the other thing that I think is really important about step seven two which is going to be really different for each situation is to give it time i can't emphasize that part really enough and sometimes it may take a lot of time because if let's go back to the job example if you do say start at a new job and let's say like i don't know the first month you're going through training and then <laughs> you know the next couple months you're just adjusting you're just trying to get your footing you may not really know if you actually like this job or not until you've been there for like a year you know it may really take some time to be like okay is this the thing so it's okay and it's important and it's understandable to give yourself maybe a couple months or up to a year to really be like is this getting me where I want to get to? Um, you know? There's also just a lot of processes. I like at this point yeah. a lot that you're making, Michelle. Just a lot of processes that take time to do. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I want to run a marathon. I don't know. I don't. Dear Christ, do I not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the few tortures sound worse. Um, but <laughs> if that was your aspirational goal like give it like don't be like oh man i still can't run five miles at the end of a month i'm doomed to failure it's never gonna work and my solution didn't work right like some things just have to take time like you you can't write your book in a week right like was it mm -hmm. wasn't built in a day right like so i like that mitchell both sometimes you do the thing and it takes a while sort of for the effects to trickle in and really be felt and noticed and appreciated but then also be a little flexible with yourself about how long maybe you think the thing takes to do in the first place, right? There might need to be some adjustment on the fly, like Michelle was talking about things with being easier, like, okay, maybe I can't go to the gym seven days a week, maybe I'll start with three. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, things can take time in both ways. But I think that's it, Michelle. I think we're ready for homework. Yeah, I think we are. Um, so, with homework, um, I'll give a caveat before I say what it is. So, DBT has a lot of worksheets, especially for the emotion regulation skills. There's a worksheet for checks of facts. There's a worksheet for opposite action. There's a worksheet for problem solving. There's lots of worksheets. And some people love worksheets. Um, they like the idea of being able to see it on paper and to write down and to really sit and think about doing the skills. Um, and some people don't like worksheets. Either way is okay. Um, and, you know, what we really try to emphasize is, you know, not just conceptually what these skills are, but how you can apply them to your life that's the thing we care about most is not whether or not you do the check the facts worksheet but <laughs> can you still do check the facts in the moment when you might need to to make a wise mind choice that's what we care about with problem solving <laughs> i highly recommend doing the worksheet um even if you hate worksheets 
I really recommend doing this one because all seven of these steps, I feel like, I don't know, I'll take it back to opposite action last week. You know, we talked about how steps one through four for opposite action, they can go they can go by in the blink of an eye. Um, and then, you know, DBT is just basically like, okay, do the thing. But with problem solving, this is a lot of intellectual work. This is a lot of thinking through. This is a lot of planning in order for you to be successful. And the DBT worksheet does actually a really nice job of expanding on what Kate and I talked about to give you a spot to do pros and cons when you're trying to choose a solution to create a list of where you can write down your brainstorming ideas. The worksheet really adds to this skill and we basically consider following the worksheet an essential part of doing this skill. You can sit and think about it all you want, but writing this stuff down is gonna be far more important than it has been with some of the other skills that we've taught. Yeah, you don't have to write down anything for opposite action to do opposite action. You don't have to. It can help, but you don't have to. Problem solving, I mean, it's a pretty essential step of the process is to write it out. So that's the homework. We're gonna post this worksheet and we highly recommend that you think about a situation in your life that's been maybe causing you, again, some emotional overwhelm, um, some emotional struggles or challenges, and that you really take some time to do the worksheet and to think through what you can do about it. Um, if, again, it's something that can be solved through changing the situation at hand and you have a say in change in that situation as a reminder of when to use it um but to yeah do the worksheet that's really the homework for this week to boil it down but we want to really emphasize that more so this week than in past weeks yeah um and email us dbt and me podcast at gmail.com Tell us how this is going for you guys. Problem solving is a biggie. There's so many steps to it, it and it takes a lot of time, like we emphasize. So how's it going as right, you embark on it? I just have to take time. Like you take time to, to, to brainstorm. And then also, you know, it's not like the minute you find initial worksheet necessarily. Maybe you can. But a lot of things you can't act on literally immediately. So yeah. It's a, time, it's a time consuming one, I think. Yep. Yeah, definitely. It okay. can be. I think we're good. I don't I don't think I've ever done this before, but I feel the need to give a tiny little preface to my closing moment. Do it. Uh, today, which is just that, um, I don't know, hopefully folks have noticed that on average I try and have a closing moment that feels some way, shape, or form related um, to what we've been talking about in the podcast that day. And, um, and the thing I was thinking about with problem solving was that oftentimes we have a sense of fear in approaching a problem and or a sense of vulnerability. Like we have a hard time feeling that we have the strength to approach and or enact the solutions that we think about. And so that's thinking about that um, is kind of where I came up with the idea for today. So that's kind of the mindset that I was in. So, all right, everybody, um, as per usual, I just invite everybody to get comfy. Find a posture where you can sit or lay or stand that feels relatively relaxed, relatively comfortable and sustainable. 
And as always, we're going to start just by tuning into our breathing. You don't have to breathe any more slowly or any more deeply than you do naturally. It's just about noticing. It's about allowing our breath to welcome us into our bodies and into the present moment. So, take a couple of breaths and just notice where you feel it in your body. Where the sensations are most intense and noticeable. And yeah, come into the present moment. Now in your mind's eye, I'd like you to picture yourself just standing, just regular old you, hanging out somewhere. And now I'd like you to begin to build yourself a suit of protective armor. Now this is your imagination. So this armor could be traditional and made out of chain mail and metal and shields. This could be made out of stone. This could be made out of fire or wood or plants or water. Whatever your imagination is drawn to. But allow yourself to spend some time really imagining it. How would it cover your feet? How would it protect your legs? What would it look like over your torso? Does it come with a shield? A sword? Are you enclosed entirely? Really begin to build this in your mind's eye. And as you don this suit of armor, really take a moment to feel protected. Notice that you can feel safe and that you can feel strong. Whatever you choose to build your armor out of, make sure it is something that imbues you with a sense of strength, of capability, of courage. Take a moment to feel it. What would it be like to be in this armor. And again, both the physical sensations of it and also the emotional truth of it. How does it feel? And allow yourself to hang out there for a moment. Once you've built your full suit of armor, both Look at yourself from the outside and see how strong, how present and courageous you look in it. And also take the time to feel that same strength and courage and capability. And remember, this image is available to you anytime, any place. Now that you've built this in your mind, when you are approaching a situation where maybe you feel vulnerable, or maybe you feel afraid, allow yourself a moment to prepare by stepping into this vision, by remembering how it felt to have on this armor, 
and try and carry that sensation and that awareness with you into whatever this difficult situation might be that you're having to face. Now, let that image fade from your mind and start to come back into your body as it is in the present moment and in the space you're in. You might take a couple of slow deep breaths. You might stretch or rotate your joints. Whatever feels good. Whatever lets you feel home and coming back into your body. Whenever you feel ready, you can open your eyes. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks, everyone. To learn more about us and the DBT skills we're teaching each week, join our Facebook group. Simply log in to your Facebook profile and search for DBT and Me Podcast.